Welcome to Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who are on a spiritual journey and want to reclaim a vibrant and authentic faith. I'm your host and fellow traveler, Sandy Reynolds. Hi, welcome to episode 92. I'm really glad that you're here. I also have a good friend who will be joining me in a few minutes, and we are going to be talking about some of the things that are impacting our lives right now. I'm calling this episode Reframing Aging, and it's a celebration of my 60th birthday, which happened this week. And I've been doing a lot of reflecting in the past six months, even the past year, about turning 60 and what that means to me personally. It's a big milestone, and a number of people have said that they're surprised that I'm open about my age. And I think I talked to Karen a little bit about that as well in this episode. And I am extremely grateful to have 60 years of life. And I'm very proud of the opportunities and the life experience that I've had, the family and friends that I have. I'm entering this new decade full of gratitude and um, really, really thankful for life and the gift that it is. And so on this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. I was away with my friend Karen Peterson recently, and I brought my microphone and my laptop, you know, like you do, and asked her if she wanted to record an episode with me talking about friendship and some of the things that we are exploring in our lives right now. Karen is a good friend and I met her, I'm going to say about 15 years ago, although I'm not sure exactly about the timeline. I'm not great with dates. We met on a work-related weekend. We were going to co-facilitate a leadership program together. And I drove with her from Toronto area to Ottawa. So I think we spent about five hours in the car together. And I immediately knew that her and I would become good friends. Karen is a very well-traveled woman. She's lived all over the world. And I think that combined with her natural curiosity and her love of learning have created or have formed her in a way that she is one of the most accepting women that I know. And Karen is not judgmental in the least. She's very open to whatever I'm talking about or exploring, as you'll hear in this podcast. She just listens and encourages my learning and growth without judgment, and that is a real gift in a friend. Her official bio is, well, I'm just going to tell you a little bit off the top of my head. She has an MA in leadership, and she focuses a lot of her work on international cross-cultural leadership development for women using dialogue education. Karen has provided leadership as a teacher, a missionary, a pastor, board member, business owner, and facilitator. Her deepest learning, she says, about leadership has been through her role as a parent. And I know that now that her children are grown, that she's continuing to learn and grow 
in that role and as a grandmother or as a Nana. She recently joined that club and I'm excited for her with that a new development in her life. Karen is currently teaching at St. Stephen's University where she continues her work around cross-cultural leadership development. I also consider Karen one of my deeply theological friends. She really loves theology and she loves thinking through some of the bigger questions of life and really understanding her own perspective on things. And so when we get together, the conversation can go from talking about kids or grandchildren to hair color all the way to some deep theologically heavy conversation. And so in honor of my 60th birthday, I invite you to listen to this conversation. I hope that you have friends like I do that allow you to be who you are. And as you listen to this conversation, whether or not you're tracking with what we are talking about, I hope that you can hear the depth of friendship that Karen and I have. In my coaching practice with women, it's not uncommon for us to talk about friendships and to talk about how lonely it can be and how you outgrow friendships. And I'm going to do an episode on that shortly. But I do hope that as you listen to this, that it awakens within you a hunger for places where you can have conversations about what's most deep within you and that you can find a space to have those conversations with someone who is non-judgmental, cares about you and wants the best for you without expecting you to fit into their boxes. Okay, so Karen, welcome to Reframe Your Life. Oh, it's thanks. I know, it's so overdue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling this episode Reframing Your Birthday. <laughs> As in your birthday. My birthday, mine. yeah. So this is going to be my 60th birthday episode. Yes. Yes. So I thought, who better to have than you, someone who knows me very well, <laughs> I think that the reason we know each other so well is from traveling together. Yes, exactly. You do get to know each other extremely well traveling <laughs> together. We've got a lot of stories. Yes. <laughs> Which are not suitable for the podcast. No. But we, we'll tell the ones that are suitable for the podcast. Okay. It's yeah, it's <laughs> you can be open here. Okay. But we've we've traveled to Colombia. Yep, that was our first big trip. Yeah. Cartagena. Well Ottawa was our first trip. Oh yes, Ottawa. Ottawa. Where we got to know each other. And yes. Then, that's where I had to come clean. <laughs> and it wasn't a migraine. It was a hangover. <laughs> exactly. And that's when you knew you liked me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then we, yeah, we went to Cartagena. And then we, where else have we gone? And then we went to Cambodia, like numerous times. Many times. Yeah. And I think... If there's ever a way to get to know me, it's take me somewhere where I'm so outside my comfort zone, like Cambodia. Yeah. 
And uh, I'm sure you saw a side of me that neither of us knew existed. <laughs> I teach you to love geckos. Geckos, oh, right, geckos right. Mosquitoes. They're they're our friends. Do you know what? We're going to launch right into something. So okay. I just want to tell people listening: it's a bit of a free for all. It is my birthday episode, so I can do what I want. Yes, because it's your birthday. It's my birthday, yeah. and if I want to cry, I can cry if I want. Yeah, right. Which after the events of the past couple weeks, yes, just fine. Yes, so. One of the things that I think would be interesting to talk about, because you mentioned geckos, and because we are up at your family cottage in Muskoka, which is where I had one of my first big spiritual epiphanies or yeah. stretches, I'm not sure what to call it. Involving but animals? Yeah. Yeah. When I was up here, I was kind of going through a bit of a shift in in how I thought about things and kind of getting outside my box. Creation and yeah. the creator and all that kind of And stuff. all of that yeah. stuff. And I kept, prior to coming up here with you, I kept seeing woodpeckers. Yeah. And like in the tree outside my bedroom window and I'd go for a walk. Like I had gone through this time of... I keep seeing woodpeckers. Mm -hmm. And then we came up here and I went for a walk on my own. And I think before I got to the end of your driveway, I saw four more woodpeckers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we were hearing them all over the place. Yeah. And, uh, but you saw them. And yeah. I saw them. And so I went for my walk and then I came back and being of Irish descent and having already grown like growing up with some of those messages like you know if a bird flies into your window it means this or um that the natural world is speaking to us i right. thought what does it mean if i keep seeing woodpeckers like is there a message Do you know here that I, I never knew that was the beginning of it for you yes i, I really i thought i yeah. thought you were already into that no at that point because you just came right back and you're like i think woodpecker is like my spirit animal or something yeah <laughs> I didn't realize that was the beginning of it. That's yeah. hilarious. And I remember sitting, I'm pointing at the chair, but I was sitting over there at that chair and I got out my phone and I looked up, what does it mean if you see a woodpecker? Yeah. And it talked about opportunity knocking and change and that things were going to start to open up for you and all these messages that traditionally are associated with woodpeckers in mm -hmm. um, for people who are into that sort yeah, of thing, which yeah. I wasn't even sure if I was into that sort of thing. <laughs> and then you and I got really carried away that day. Like it was like we opened Pandora's box of spirit animals <laughs> and we started. And well, we opened Google is the box yeah. we opened and we started <laughs> reading about Google. them. And then yeah, we yeah. found a quiz. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. We found a quiz, what is your spirit animal? And I did yeah. it and mine came out to be the blue heron. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then that day, that day we saw one when like, we were leaving, yeah. we saw one in the ditch or whatever in yeah. the ditch. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this yeah. is a bit too weird. Yeah, that was bizarre. And yes. since then I started to really pay attention and to feel that, that we do have a connection with nature and it is giving us messages. Yes. Yeah. And that comes from wherever you want to say that comes from, whether it's God, whether it's just nature as a force or wh wherever it's coming from. Like it, it's taught me also to start paying attention to what's, you know, what's around. And when I, when I notice, um, particularly birds, I think have, have been that for me when I've started to see birds coming across my path or like really significantly kind of like in my face or one or two 
or three of the same bird in a regular, then I always go back and look it up and say, what's the message that's um, connected? Like, I think a lot of it has is has to do with um, Canadian First Nations um, understanding of nature and the meaning that they have learned to associate with certain animals. And that's, I think that's where it's really, I don't know, I've gotten really into it. I love it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I was just, um, I've started to see kingfishers. So part of, part of Sandy's and my story is, okay, so we live, lived in Southern Ontario in the um, Toronto Hamilton area for a long time and got to be friends, traveled together, did a lot of uh, training and teaching together. And then um, just recently, my husband and I moved to the east coast of Canada and we moved to a small town in New Brunswick called St. Stephen, New Brunswick, right down in the corner of the border of Maine and New Brunswick. And we went there to be part of a school, a university called St. Stephen's University. So as, but at the same time, Sandy and I have kind of had this parallel track of going um, into nature mm -hmm. and kind of like rediscovering. For me, it's been a re rediscovering of my love of nature. And it's been just so uh, healing and everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So the kingfisher. Okay. Right. Back to the kingfisher. Back to the kingfisher. Yes. So what does the kingfisher mean? Okay. So um, I'm taking this from the website, thefifthelementlife.com. It says, a long-time symbol for peace and prosperity. The Kingfisher invites us to harness the power of our mind to determine what it is that brings us greater inner peace. And knowing that it is in this practice of inner peace that we will, in turn, play a huge role in communicating and radiating this outward into our physical world. Our strength lies in our ability to see great depths and to use our strong influence and words for greater cause. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That's a pretty cool Peace message. And prosperity. So how does that speak to you right now, do you think? Uh, yeah. Um, well, you know, in honor of your 60th birthday. <laughs> Karen's much younger than me. <laughs> Slightly younger than her. We've been talking a lot uh, this weekend at the cottage just about um, what it means to go into our later years or our, I don't know, very... Third act. Third I've heard act? it called okay. your third act. Okay. Like So it's like 30 and then 30, 30 60, to 60 and then 60 to 90. It's kind of like a third act. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. But just like what, where are we and what are, what, what's, um, what's driving us now? And it's, for both of us, we've really kind of, well, I don't know if moved away, but are really finding sort of a, a deeper meaning in being older women and wanting to mentor others and wanting to speak into others' lives. And and highly, highly relational. Like like at this stage of our life, everything is kind of about relationship. Mm -hmm. So I love that, that um, finding ways to speak. Um, using your words and influence for greater causes. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's I great. Guess, yeah, I like that. I know. It's amazing when you start to pay attention to what nature's trying to to say. Yeah. So when we came up here, because this is such a special place to me, and I went for a walk yesterday, and I just prayed to 
the creator that that she would gift me with something special mm-hmm. out of nature mm-hmm. and in in these few days and I just left it I was just like surprise me with a something special mm-hmm. up here and so this morning I got up really early so first I went out and watched the stars which was really cool and I been anticipating what's my gift going to be what's my gift going to be and then I was like oh maybe it'll be a shooting star maybe I'm going to see a shooting star today yeah so I thought well let's see what when I, um, but I didn't see a shooting star. So then I just like was sitting kind of in my sweater. It was cool, kind of all tucked up on the dock, watching the sunrise over the lake. And I heard this plop behind me. And I thought, oh, because I was out on the at the end of the dock. And I thought, I must be a fish. And so I very slowly turned my head. And I saw a deer had come down very not far from where I was sitting really and was getting a drink out of the Mm -hmm. lake and I was like this this is my gift and so I sat really really still and it looked at me and I looked at it and I in my head I was going I'm not gonna hurt you I'm not gonna hurt you and then it walked back into the bushes and I just I continued to watch where it came from and then it came back with a baby Oh my gosh. And they kind of played a little bit in the water, like the mom was nuzzling it and, and they were drinking and they just were, they were there for about five minutes. You know what's really surprising to me about that is it's not really the season for for fawns. I know. Like, don't deer have their babies in the spring? I don't know. It was really, really I never thought of that. Really interesting. Like, anyway. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was really cool. And the sun was like, it was still in that, that um, very early morning dawn so it was not really clear but they were there long enough that it came you know started to get really light and I could really see them well and um and then they went and then I just sat there and I felt like you know one of the things the messages for me in that was just to be still yeah and um just to because I felt like I was doing that on the dock like I was just sitting really quietly and just being very present Mm -hmm. and I felt like that's kind of a message for this time of life Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. that we are able to be still and be very present yeah and 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 you know I've talked about how like we have similar personalities and as intuitives like on the Myers-Briggs we're we tend to live in the future Mm -hmm. and I think part of the wisdom of age is aging is learning to appreciate the the present because it's all you've got right and it's gone so quickly yeah so learning to live in the moment and get the most out of life by being in the moment it's I, I don't I have not learned that at yeah. all but I want to learn that I yes learn, you know like, yes yeah I agree. Well, and also I came up and I looked up deer symbolism. Mm -hmm. And let me read this to you because I feel like we've just talked about this a few times this weekend. Mm -hmm. It said, in general, deer symbolism is often a sign not to be too hard on yourself. (laughs) In other words, you must calm the voice of the self-critic and treat Mm -hmm. yourself with gentleness and understanding. Deer meaning prompts you to be yourself and continue along your path. Moreover, seek out your inner treasures and use them generously to help those around you. 
you must also trust that kindness and graciousness will be well received. Wow. Is that not amazing? That's amazing. Like happy birthday. Yeah. Right. Like what a nice, um, gift to take into. You should put that in your, in your nature journal. Yes. Like that meaning thing. Yes. With the deer. Yeah. Cause yeah. So Sandy and I have also both ended up in courses where we've taken courses um, that are forcing us to have nature journals and completely separately. Right. Like from each other. I, I, I had no idea that you were doing a nature journal and I just brought mine up here cause I'm in the midst of my course and I'm supposed to be doing this nature journal and I'm loving it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not nearly as faithful with it as I would like to be, but it's teaching me to notice and pay attention and reflect um, on those, those nature moments, which mm-hmm. is very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. I, I know. It was fun so watching fun. you last night with your journal out, <laughs> sketching a leaf that you had brought in. And yeah. it is. I think when you stop with, uh, like, one of the benefits of keeping a nature journal, again, is it helps you to really focus on now and what's yes. right in front of yeah. you. And Yeah. And, like, you have uh, you have that map of your sit spot. Mm-hmm. And so, like, tell me more about your sit spot. So a sit spot is a discipline that a lot of naturalists use, and it is going to the same spot in nature. It could be your backyard. It doesn't have to be, you know, something really exotic like, you know, sitting by an ocean or in a forest. Uh, I've picked a place not far from me on the Bruce Trail, and I go and I sit there and I try to go at least once a week and spend half an hour to an hour in my spot. Mm-hmm. And the idea is you become very familiar with that piece of land mm-hmm. and really connect with the land. Right. So you see the land as the seasons change. You get to hear the birds. You spend some time paying attention to what the trees are right. and you know the way the wind's blowing and... I've seen in my sit spot coyotes. I've seen a snake came to see me one day. I was just sitting there and I was like, ooh. And then I was like, not quite as welcoming as the deer. (laughs) But I was like, I can do hard things. (laughs) I can sit still while that snake goes away. And it just kind of came like within about two feet of me. And it was just a little garter snake. It wasn't a big snake. Um, I have seen milk snakes up there, oh, really? but it wasn't a milk snake, and I it just went on its way, and uh, and I was like, okay. And the snake does have a meaning as well. It's about transformation and shedding your skin. So, oh, cool. So oh, you cool. know, I think a lot of the animal messages are around sort of what those animals teach us and right, what right. they represent in their role in nature. Right, so. Right. Um, cool. Yeah. That's neat. So that was cool. So I came up here, I had my big spiritual, you had your sit sit moment out on the dog. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's been great, but I, I think that one of the things, cause I want to talk a little bit about aging. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the great things about aging is you become more of yourself. Mm -hmm. And you said that you, for you, it's kind of recovering nature. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think for me on some level, it has been about that as well. Um, you kind of get to become more of who you are. Right. Or you allow yourself to. I don't know if you get to. Nobody gives you permission other than yourself. Well, you give yourself permission. Yeah. 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 And I I really think that um, that a a big part of, um, for me, growing up, 
when I look back on my life as a teenager, as a child even, um, being in nature was the place that I connected with God as I knew him to be at that point. Mm -hmm. So that was sort of a place where I could most clearly have a sense of who God was and his um, approval of me mm -hmm. and his love. And so for me, it was, um, it was always, nature was always a really spiritual place. Um, and now, and then, but a lot of the rest of my life was lived in a faith culture that didn't give me those same messages of, of acceptance or approval or love. So it was always sort of striving to be something um, and achieve something, but it was always kind of an unachievable aim or goal, you know, which... Um, I don't know if I want to go into all of that, but anyway, it, you no, know, I think that's a really, good point. Yeah, really, I don't even think that that is the the core message of really what Jesus was talking about. But it's become the core message of the Christian Church is striving for an unattainable ideal, which is really a Platonic, like it's from Plato that 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 has crept into the church and become kind of like. Like even heaven, the idea of heaven or, or trying to, to get to somewhere better, that this place and the physical of this world is not, is not the best. Mm -hmm. That the spiritual is the best, but the physical is just sort of like, we're just going through it. Right. You know? But so for me, I'm just loving getting back in touch with the fact that the physical is so good at the same time as getting older, where our bodies are falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, speak for yourself. <laughs> well, we have She to says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we both got to do the lift there. <laughs> Gravity has taken over. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, like we, we both, we've talked about how, yeah, like you've just gone through a huge transition, mm -hmm. um, grief transition and, and um, with your dad dying and, yeah, so the physical is not always good, mm -hmm. but that there's good and bad in the physical. But I think there's good and bad in the spiritual too. Right. Yeah, yeah and I think we do become more aware of our mortality as we age. Yeah. Along yeah. with that, and you know, I I think often with the changing of seasons, like oh, I just really want to enjoy the fall. I really want to enjoy the winter because. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it's like, oh well, maybe I, I have thirty left, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then you start thinking, wow, that's really like not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah. So whereas I think when you're younger, it feels more finite or something. Like you have all the time in the infinite, world, yeah. infinite. Yeah, is we're, what we're I mean. feeling the finite, <laughs> right? But yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 So true. you feel like you have all the time in the world. You feel like you have, you know, you can do it next year. And when I was asking my dad. Um, in those last months of his life and I was asking him about his life and he said to me one of the things I regret was not going home so my dad was from Newfoundland mm. and he said I regret not going back while I could wow. and he said I always thought oh I'll do it next year this summer is really busy and you know I don't want to spend the money and mm. I've got this on and that on and I'll go next year and he said, I just put it off and I put it off. And then one day I couldn't go. I physically couldn't go. Mm -hmm. And he said, I regret 
that and I, I wish I had gone while I could. And that's like something I'm really thinking about is as I turn 60 is just being aware of that, that um, not to put things off and mm-hmm. like not to put off thanking people, not to put off telling people how much I care for them mm-hmm. and not to um, put off some of those simple things and to be very aware of what is right now yeah, and moment, really, and make the most yeah. of it because yeah. I, I, you know, none of us, and I know when you're younger, we all know in our heads intellectual, intellectually that um, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee whatever, yeah. and anything can yeah. happen anytime. Yeah. But I think as you age, it becomes like, I'm reading that Parker Palmer book on the brink of everything. You should and, put that in the show notes too. Yes. And mm-hmm. he talks about like, being on the brink of turning 80 and you just become very aware of the fact that you are getting being. to you the know, end of physically things. a finite being yes yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah friendship was a big thing we we've had a good talk about um this stage of life and friendship and how yeah how our friendship um developed when we had a lot in common and we're doing a lot together, mm-hmm. you know, like we were, we were doing training together. We were planning, writing the curriculum for the Cambodia training, um, for women who were involved in anti-human trafficking. Like that was, that was a fantastic, overall, a fantastic experience. We went through really difficult times in our relationship mm-hmm. through that, um, and learned to give each other grace. Well, I think you gave me a lot more grace. You traveled with me. <laughs> but but, you know and so you know we had so much we were doing so much together at that time and then we started a business together Mm -hmm. and uh which you know didn't really go anywhere but it was a it was an experience it was a good learning experience together and and um yeah it was great and then and and then I moved and all of a sudden now our friendship has changed yeah um it takes more work and you came out to visit me in the spring and when I'm back here, you know, you make a point of having, of making space for me mm-hmm. when I'm back and I make a point of trying to let you know at least a little bit in advance. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> here tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like it, it, and um, yeah. And like we've had happy hour together for like, how many years did we do happy hour together? A long time. I think 10 years. Yeah. yeah, you did. You did a whole um, whole episode on women and friendships, yes. and you mentioned our happy hour group. Mm-hmm. And um, we just always went to the same place. We did it for a long time on Thursdays, and then schedules changed, and we did it for a while on Wednesdays, and then it's kind of become hit and miss since then. But but it's been a really it was a really good connecting time for, mm-hmm. for us. So one of the things I'm noticing. Uh, about being at the stage of life is that people do start to move and make changes and mm-hmm. think about where they want to spend this next season of life. So I wanted to ask you about that because you made, in my mind, a pretty radical decision <laughs> to move away from your your family and friends and your life in Southern Ontario to mm-hmm. a new town and although you do have, like your son is there and you do have some connections there, some good connections, mm-hmm. it was a total change of life. How has that been making, like, well, how did you make that decision? Um, 
Well, Mark and I are really intuitive. You know, like we tend to live our lives quite intuitively. Um, we'd gotten connected to this little university out in St. Stephen and St. Stephen's University, so I'll just refer to it as SSU. And we just really love what they're doing, what they're about. It's, um, it's a very broad, <laughs> I like to say it's a broadly Christian university because it's kind of just on the edge of the umbrella of Christianity and, and often wanders a bit outside the, that umbrella. And I, I just love it. Like I just love that, that it's a community of people that are pushing the boundaries and finding ways of being inclusive in every sense of the word, inclusive of people of all denominations within the Christian faith um, or atheist or um, Buddhist or what you know whatever anybody of any faith is is welcome to attend and we've got just a whole broad range of people at the school. It's inclusive in terms of uh, orientate gender orientations and uh, anyway it's just a, it's a really it's a wonderful wonderful place. So we'd kind of been falling in love with this place for quite a while and um, and then someone sent us an email, sent my husband Mark an email and said you know there's this this house for sale and he opened the email and he was on his way home from St. Stephen and he thought to himself oh my gosh if I show Karen she's gonna say yes and he did he came home and he showed me and I said yes I said I would love to move to St. Stephen. I was really ready to get out of the rat race mm -hmm. of um, that we that we were in in Mississauga just there was always in there's some sort of a I, I don't know what to call it spirit of ambition mm -hmm. in um, in the GTA which is not a bad thing in some ways I mean a city thrives on on having ambitious people and and people who are achieving you know big things and but I was just ready to get out of it I was mm -hmm. so ready to get out of it and both of us were working from home and we, there was really no reason to stay here, except for our son and daughter-in-law. And uh, some our son had just gotten recently married, and they were here, and I knew that they were probably going to be having a family. So that was a tough that was a tough part of the decision to move. Um, anyway, so we made the decision to move, and um, and it's just been just the best thing. It's been so I don't know. I just feel like I've I've um, come alive in a whole new way. And Looking back, I think I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to be something that I wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, nobody was putting that pressure on me, but I felt a, a pressure um, to be ambitious for something, you know. So anyway, I'm just I just kind of feel like I've been able to relax, be myself, and be involved in things that give me life. Mm -hmm. And I just I love being there. I'm teaching. Um, part of a, a course with the International Studies program out there on cultural intelligence and uh, which is an area that I've been really interested in pursuing and so have loved the teaching that I've done. I taught just a guest lecture in the um, gender studies course last uh, the winter semester last year, gotten involved in the board and um, we're in the midst of a, a search for a new president for the university and I'm on the search committee and just feeling like like yeah taking all of my experience that I've had working with charities and on boards and um, and being able to use that I'm loving it mm -hmm. yeah I really see it in you like I've said that so many times I know you too. gave me those socks <laughs> the socks that had pine trees all over them right. and said I fucking love it out here <laughs> they're great socks <laughs>
it's yeah, I did. I saw them. I like these are for you. <laughs> I know who's getting these. I, I'm a little a little sad that you didn't mention that leaving me was hard for you, but <laughs> leaving my friends was hard. And and so yeah, that's where we started this little. Yes. little thing of moving um, because we were talking yesterday about how at this stage of life, how making friends is harder. Right. It, it is harder. It's hard to, um, yeah, like friendship is based on shared experiences. Mm-hmm. Usually that's sort of the basis of most friendships is you have some sort of something in common that you've done together and you've grown together and you've gone through struggles together. And that's, that's the basis of a friendship. So, so moving anywhere, I think it takes, it takes a long time to get. Yeah. To make friends, make good friends. I think you're moving when you're moving, like people already have their life established where you're moving. Right. And then you come and you don't have your life established. So you're looking to fill spaces Mm -hmm. in your, Mm -hmm. and they are already, they're having to create space for someone new. So I think it does take a little bit longer from, uh, on that side of things as well. Mm -hmm. And I think at this stage of life, our lives are fairly full. Like you just had your parents visit and, Mm I've had a lot going on with my, well, my dad died a few weeks ago, but in as well leading up to that. And now, you know, my mom on her own. And then Mm -hmm. if you add adult children, which you think, oh, they'll be on their own. But if they have, if they have grand, you know, you have grandchildren, then you want to spend time with them and life can get really busy just with all the people that are already in your life. Right. And I think, and I'm going to ask you this question because you are one of the more extroverted people I know, Mm -hmm. but do you find that as you kind of hit the stage of life, you're far happier as well spending time on your own or you need it more? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was so funny because I remember like your reaction, Mark's reaction to me going camping. So a couple weeks ago, uh, Mark was traveling and, um, and I had some time to myself and I have a dog that I adore. He's, he's a Australian shepherd. He's a year and a half and he's been a handful, more than a handful as a puppy. But, uh, I have I've been wanting to go camping and Mark hates camping. And so I, when Mark goes away, that's when I think about camping. Well, it's end of September in New Brunswick and it's kind of cold and rainy, but I just decided what the heck I'm going camping. So I found a really great campsite on an Island and, and I took the dog and we went camping, but it was, and for two nights and it was really fun. Just set up the tent and had a fire going and had a tarp over all of it to keep myself dry. And it was really fun, except for when I froze at night. But, um, but when I told you that I was going camping, you're like, by yourself? <laughs> you're kind of stunned that I would actually do anything by myself. But I was also taking this course on nature and, um, the environment and, and it's a literature course and a writing course and, um. And I just wanted to get into nature. And it, I just thought, I'm going camping. I'm going to spend a couple of days just getting right into nature. And I live in just the most spectacularly beautiful. I, I won't say it's the most beautiful part of Canada because Canada has so many gorgeous places. But the east coast of Canada is unique and special. And I love being by the ocean. It's just, it's wonderful. And so I just, um, yeah, it wasn't hard to to say I'm going to go and, and really embrace this whole thing that I'm discovering, rediscovering inside myself, this love of nature. And so I had a blast. Like, it was really fun. But I remember when I told you and Mark, I, Mark was away and I texted him and said, I'm going camping. And he shot back, with who? And I said, <laughs> with the dog. And he said, who are you? Because <laughs> for me to do anything in, introverted at all, like anything on my own where I'm not with people all the time, is it, it's. Uh, but it's something I'm learning 
to embrace. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and I think that is aging. I yeah. think, I think learning to be okay with being with myself. That's mm -hmm. good. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I think I've always been more of an introverted extrovert yeah, and you're a little more borderline. So I find myself quite happy to spend time on my own mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that also affects relationship. You also accumulate a lot of people during your life. So right, you have right. friends from when you lived here and when you lived there and that part of your life and work and mm -hmm. school and you have like a lot of people that you could spend time with and then you have that competing desire to spend time on your own yeah. and then I think it just shifts a lot of things because you have all the things you have to do and then this desire to be alone and I think that kind of limits the amount of time you have yeah in yeah. some ways for other people and it's yeah it's about finding balance always in life yeah I think part of being on my own is finding the quiet time to listen to my own voice mm -hmm. you know like I think I've listened to a lot of voices in my life I've listened to like from a religious perspective listened to a lot of voices and I've been working hard over the past I'd say ten, at least 10 years 12 years of coming out from under that um, and learning to yeah listen to myself mm -hmm. and hear myself and and be authentic to who I am not always trying to please others. I actually think I had written down that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, moving towards honesty. That's what I wrote down because I think that's been a thread for us the last couple of days about becoming more authentic mm -hmm. and moving more towards being honest about who we are, but mm -hmm. also being honest with other people about who we are, right. yeah. which I yeah. think is a big step. And, and again, I, you know, um, not to harp on the fact that you're a bit older than me, but <laughs> but, but I really do Bring think it that on. you're you're a little further ahead. Like I watch you, and it inspires me because mm -hmm. uh, I watch how you are stepping into that, and yeah, it inspires me to try try to do that a little bit more in my in my own life. Like we were talking about um, how you have left a corporate job and have no desire to go back into that mm -hmm. and um yeah how you're learning about that I'm learning how to have no money but that's okay but 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 learning to be content in that yes know? I think it's really huge yeah and I do I think we one of our conversations was around being so indoctrinated in more fundamentalist forms of Christianity at certain times in our life where there was this fear of, oh, if I say, if I disagree or if I say something that's sort of outside of that, the parameters of what's accepted in that mm -hmm. group, then I'm going to get labeled or blacklisted or nobody's going to work with me right. or, you know, that's going to spread like wildfire through the community and we're confront me and there'll be conflict and we hate conflict. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, and what I've been learning about this thing about getting honest myself. So even like talking about spirit animals, like mm -hmm. I don't even know if I could have put that on a podcast two years ago. Right. Right. right? But now it's like, you know what? That's kind of where I am. Yeah, and it's, it's what speaks to me. It's making sense in my world where I'm at right now. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So learning to be honest for me, what I've found is that 
it gives other people permission. So I'm glad you said what you said about watching me, but I find that I respond so much to other people when they're completely honest. Mm -hmm. And I think, oh, it's so refreshing when somebody just says what they're really thinking in a situation. And that's something that I feel like when I'm afraid to speak my truth or be honest about something, I think, well, if I have to trust you with Mm -hmm. that part of Mm me, I have to trust my friends that if they're true friends, they're going to be okay with that. It's not going to freak them out. They're going to accept me, even if they don't agree with me. Right. And we have that freedom to disagree with each other to say, hey, that's awesome that that's where you're at. I'm not there at the moment. I might never get there, but that's, if that's making a difference for you and helping you to be more authentically yourself, then yay, you know? Yeah. And surprisingly, even with people who I would consider very conservative, I find that when I'm honest with them, they're a lot more accepting than I give them them credit for. for, And that they, there's a lot less judgment. That judgment, I think, sometimes I've projected on people that I think they're going to respond in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And it's been an interesting journey. And I think that we often don't give people enough credit that they're also growing. Right. You know, like, and so sometimes when you speak your truth and somebody will go, oh my gosh, I've been thinking that same way, but I don't know anybody who's 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 willing to speak up and say they're thinking that, you know? So, yeah. So often when you speak up and speak out, it gives other people permission to, to go there too. Well, it's like, you know, if you read a book, you know, so when I was, um, like Brian McLaren was a huge influence for me as I was sort of moving, um, out of conservative Christianity. Um, he asked some questions and spoke up in his books and it was like, Oh my gosh, I'm reading this thinking I've been thinking this, but I haven't been willing to admit it to anybody else. And here he's written it in a book, you know? So, so there's, there's authors that, kind of in their writing lead the way. Right. And uh, I think that's why it's really cool to be able to recommend books to each other that are pushing, you know, pushing those boundaries. So just to wrap this up, this has mm-hmm. been great. I'm yeah. excited to have my birthday episode. <laughs> and I will put in the show notes where you can send your gifts. Yeah. <laughs> Especially monetary ones. <laughs> if you appreciate Sandy's work and her podcasts, she could use some help. <laughs> uh, no, it, I, well, like I was going to say to you that um, one of the things at the beginning I thought this was the way that you're embracing turning 60. I think it might potentially inspire me eventually <laughs> to be more open and honest about my age because I really struggle with that. I really struggle mm-hmm. with, yeah, getting older and getting aging and talking about how old I am and and uh but you've really jumped in and said you know this is who I am this is where I am in my life and you're really honest about that and I think that's really admirable I'm not sure I'm there yet uh, honestly you've got a few years yes I do you'll get there I think letting my hair go gray was part of that journey for me when I decided to stop coloring my hair and just um go with what was and um and I, I guess I have this fear that people will think I'm older than I am, so I want to tell them. <laughs> I'm really not 65 yet. I'm I, only yeah, 60. I'm, and I, I guess I just also, I look, you know, sometimes when I see people my age and I think 
they're old. And then I think, that's how old you are. Because inside, <laughs> I feel like I'm about 30. I know. And so do they. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I remember my mother saying that when she was like around 70. She said, I look in the mirror and there's this old woman. And I think, how did you get there? Yeah. You know? Like, my mom yeah. says the same at 80. Yeah. She said... The hardest thing about being 80 is remembering that she's 80 because yeah. she wants, like, she wants to still be doing what she's always done yeah, yeah. and then also, like, not feeling that inside. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I think it, in our friendship, one of the other things is that we can, like, inspire each other to, you know, exercise, eat well, and yes. take care of ourselves so that when we are 80, we can be more mobile maybe than our, our own mothers are able yeah. to be at this point in and I think we live in an amazing time for women to be aging. I think mm -hmm. there is, like, I look at people like Ellen DeGeneres. She's the same age as me. Seriously? Yeah, Whoa. yeah. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> she's the same age as me. That's cool. Our, you know, Oprah, mm -hmm. there's... Uh, there's well, she's older. Yeah. Older. Yeah, she's in her really? 60s. But yeah. I think there's a lot of... Madonna is the same age as me. She was oh, born the same age, uh, same year as me. Yeah. Um, and I think that there is, well, there are people who are, for me, I'm always looking for women who are in their sixties who are really doing amazing things, mm. not chasing youth, right. not right. trying to be what they were when they were 30, right. yeah. but really trying to speak into, yeah. um, the world and bringing healing and truth and reconciliation into our, you know, political environment or into our environmental concerns mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And I think like we've also talked about how that's something that we can learn from the First Nations, the Canadian First Nations um, women who really, I think, do a really good job from my own. I, I'm not really that familiar with it, but from my own observation of, um, you know, we've talked about taking your place at the fire, mm -hmm. you know, where, where the, where the elderly are or the elders are closer to the fire, but also in a position of um, authority and can speak from a place of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, for me, I get I think aging, um, that whole aspect of wisdom is what I am looking to embrace mm -hmm. and learn more about. Yeah, and that's that's a great way to wrap because that's what I feel like. I feel like I want to go into this new stage of life very intentional being very open about who I am and where I am and be an elder in mm -hmm. my in my community and mm -hmm. um, I went to hear this woman Jan Longboat and I'll put a link to her in the show notes and she's probably in her 80s she's a um, part of the um, Six Nations uh, tribe and she speaks a lot around just uh, advocating for women and um, social change and I just looked at her and she was just like this little powerhouse of a woman and she was just challenging us in mm. in who she was and what she's doing with her life and I, I think there's a lot of life still ahead and you're right we have to take care of ourselves and each other and and then uh, move forward and like and live with intentionality mm -hmm. I think that's a big a big part is being very intentional about thinking through um, why we're doing what we're doing yes and is is what we're doing coming out of who we are mm -hmm. so that the doing and being aren't aren't 
two different things, but it's all, all the same thing. It's, it's flowing. What we're doing is flowing out of who we are. Yes. That's really key. Yeah. Not that I have the answers for that, but no. I'm trying to do it. That's wisdom, though. You know you don't have the answers. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank yeah. you for being part of my birthday mm-hmm. celebrations. And uh, I look Thanks forward for to... Me. This is my first ever podcast, by the way. Oh, there so you there go. You go. First, well, we, oh, we did a radio program together. Yeah, I guess. But that was a radio program. Yeah. It's a bit different. Yeah. Where, where you and I were being interviewed by somebody yes. else. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, fun to be on your podcast. Yeah, it's great having you. And I look forward to helping you when you turn 60 past that threshold. With <laughs> <laughs> well, intention. <laughs> <now>. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool.